Hello, Googleization Nation. Welcome to Better Leaders, Better Workplaces, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Vivian Blaine. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Vivian's episodes, we'll cover the latest trends and emerging practices around creating resilient workplaces. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome back to GGG Unleashed, Better Leaders, Better Workplaces. I'm Vivian Blade, President and CEO of Experts in Growth Leadership Consulting and a recognized leadership and resilience thought leader. On this podcast, you'll get the latest insights and proven strategies to help you solve the pressing turnover, burnout, and workplace culture challenges your company is struggling with right now. So if you're an HR leader or a business leader, you don't want to miss an episode. In our last episode, we heard from retired Colonel Charlie Davis about his military experience as a CIA and DIA senior intelligence officer. His focus is on how he changed the units he was responsible for to bring a more human-centered approach to building a culture of resilience. If you missed that episode, you'll find the link in the show notes. In part two of our interview, Charlie shares how he led the culture shift in an environment where vulnerability and empathy were not necessarily accepted as a practice and the impact on team and organizational performance. He'll wrap up with some lessons learned and strategies you can use in your leadership journey toward inspiring resilience. You'll be on the edge of your seat. Here's more from Charlie about building a culture of resilience. Yeah, so the the impact was significant, you know, as you've just described in relationships and, and in trust. And in that type of an environment where trust is critical, you know, of each other and being able to, you know, work through whatever circumstance it is, is that you're in. And I imagine that was very difficult to get to that point because, you know, as we think about, you know, military from the outside looking in, you know, oftentimes, and even in our, our organizations, um, we, we look at this human centric culture as maybe being soft or not something that we want to talk about caring for people. How were you able to really lead that culture shift in your organization and make such a significant impact? It really started from leaders at every level. You know, I, I think about after I left Afghanistan and my last job uh, in the military, I was the commander of an organization that trained all human intelligence professionals for the Department of Defense, so all military services in DIA. And I came into this organization looking at, you know, as a typical leader will come in and make assessment of where we're good and where we need to strengthen our capability and things like that. From a mission perspective, the organization was was right on. They could they could train intelligence professionals to do their missions overseas without issue. What we had a challenge with was what you mentioned at the very beginning of our podcast today, and that is being comfortable with change and transitions. We found that our organization wasn't good with change. And whether that was change in budgets over time, you know, the budgets during the war years were much higher than they were post-war years. So seeing drastic budget reductions, uh, reduced opportunities for promotion and all those types of things, and recognize that we, we weren't flexible in how we dealt with those things. 
And so in, in this organization, I started out the same way. You know, I kind of started out each organization that I've led, I've kind of gone into, okay, I will, I will set the tone for that as a leader. I'll be present for them and really be engaged. And what I mean by engagement is it's actually talking to them every day on an intentional personal level, not necessarily about how are you doing in your job and you know what challenges and issues are you having from a resource perspective, but actually showing true caring about them as personal humans. And it's funny, you know, the Army is great with surveys. You know, all throughout your military career as an officer, you're going to get surveys about how do you think you're doing as a leader? And sometimes they'll ask your subordinates, hey, rate your leaders. What are they good at? What are they strong at? And I remember early in my career, I had a, a survey that came back that said, oh, well, you know, Charlie Davis, is, he's kind of aloof and unengaged. And I was really surprised by that, you know, because I, I thought that I was engaged. But I always had this mantra of, well, I, I won't micromanage. I want to give people the opportunity to do their jobs and whatever they need to. But it kind of came off as being aloof. And so I needed to shift that. And so going into this position, I wanted to be really present and take true interest in my employees as human beings, not as employees in the Department mm -hmm. of Defense. And so that was the first step was being engaged with them, being vulnerable with them, talking about the challenges that Charlie Davis had, even though I'd been in the military at this point 27 years and had seen it all, I still had those challenges. I still had, you know, stressors that affected me. I still had things that created anxiety in me, personal challenges and transitions, the same things that these people have, the same things that all humans have. And I recognize that whether they're personal challenges or professional challenges, they all affect what we're doing as teams. So after creating a culture with my leaders and encouraging them to do the same types of things with their subordinates within our organization, I recognize we needed a programmatic approach to how do we build true resilience within this mm -hmm. organization. So our employees, can be flexible in the inevitable change that is the Department of Defense. Uh, mm -hmm. It changes all the time uh, based on requirements, based on threats overseas, et cetera. There is always a change. And one of the things I hearkened back to was coaching. I loved using coaching. It, it was had a phenomenal and dramatic effect on my life and how I viewed things. And I, I thought that within our organization, this could be something that we could use so essentially what we did, we established a programmatic uh, coaching program. And within that program, I took volunteers across the 350 person organization and sent them away for a year to do training as life coaches and then bring them back into the organization. And now they're sprinkled throughout every department. And we set up a programmatic approach where people could be coached by obviously not their supervisors, but other people mm -hmm. and figure out what it is they needed, help them find their own purpose, unique purpose in life, and help them find things that were helpful to them. And what I mean by that, and it's slightly different than being a mentor, where people will come up to you and say, what do I need to do to succeed? And you can list off three or four things that says, if you do these three things, you're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. That's not always, does not always resonate with individuals who have their own unique lives 
And I found through coaching, a coach helps them find their unique answer. It really helps them discover what works for them. And what I found in our organization as we started to do this, people became much more happy. They were much, they, they had a lot more gratitude and they kind of felt that from us. I felt really grateful to be able to lead this organization and do things that I thought would make a difference for the people in my organization on a personal level. I kind of felt like the personal was the foundation of everything and it built into professional lives and other parts of their lives. Yeah. And, and, And that really is fascinating. And I think we see so many synergies in the business world, you know, in fact, and the need for that role modeling that you did. And you've talked uh, so much about really being that example of a leader that that vulnerability that it takes to really step up and show that this is this is okay and, and shifting our culture in that way. And then the systematic approach, you know, you need to have some of those processes in place and resources, ways for people to connect and, and uh, be able to find that personal path of resiliency. Because before you can be a team or organization that is resilient, you have to develop that individual and personal resilience. Absolutely. Good. Well, thank you for sharing sharing that and give us giving us a, a little bit of a, a nugget of um, you know what it's what it's like uh, in the military and how we can compare that to our business world. You know, as I, I think about your resilience journey and things that you've shared with us uh, today, you've talked a little bit about some of the impact on you personally from this journey that you've been on. Well, what were some of the things that you didn't necessarily anticipate? What really surprised you uh, about your journey? You know, it was interesting to me, uh, and I was telling a, a really close friend of mine uh, in the last organization I was in, in the military is how much people want engagement with their leaders. They want that interaction. Um, and in some cases, I was surprised at how much they need it that it gives them strength. You know, I was always surprised when people would say like, oh, I really wanna hear what Charlie Davis has to say. In my view, I'm, I'm just Charlie Davis, I'm just another guy. But it was surprising to me how much impact an individual can have on, a, on an organization at any level. And what I used to tell the folks that I worked with is that really anybody can make a difference in their organization and it doesn't matter what level you are at. You could be, individual person that doesn't supervise anybody all the way up to the CEO of an organization, you can make a difference in the circle of influence that you have. All you have to do is want to, and you can do it. And, and so that was really surprising to me. I've seen that through all out my career. You know, I've, I was in, a young, in an organization when I was a young captain, I was commanding an infantry company, which is a hundred, a hundred, a person organization that has a very simple job, which is to, you know, shoot things basically. And, and it was interesting to me that I took command of this organization and I had my subordinate leaders would say like, well, our battalion is not very good. I don't like our leaders. And, you know, we're just not a really good organization. And I remember thinking even back then, this was 25 years ago, I, I told them like, it doesn't really matter what any other organization is doing. We have the opportunity to make our organization however we want it to be. We just have to decide that that's something that is of value to us. And then we work to do it. We don't worry about 
things that are out of our control. We can't control mm -hmm. what higher level organizations do, what other organizations on our left and right are doing, but we can make a difference where we are. So that's the other thing that has surprised me is how impactful one person can be on an organization at any level. And giving people the opportunity and empowering them to do those things can make a huge difference. Yeah, thank you for that. And we don't think about that. We think about, you know, if we're not in, in a position of power, we don't have the power to influence change. And um, so thank you for reminding us and inspiring people that, that it is different. You do have the power and are empowered no matter what your, your role is. Um, and you can step up and um, start to influence change in your organization. Charlie, I could talk to you all day. You've given us so many, many great nuggets uh, here. And you've, you've got so many fast, fascinating stories that I wish we had time for people to hear more about. But as we close, I'd love to get maybe three or four parting thoughts, strategies or tips that might be helpful for our business audience, for our HR leaders to take away and use in their organization specifically. Help us to connect the dots a little bit here. Absolutely. The first one I've, I've talked about all throughout our podcast today, and, and that's really having engaged leaders who are really talking to their employees at every level, creating personal connection with them and trying to understand who they are as humans, because that shows people we're working with and leading that we truly do care, that we are, we are invested in their future. We we care about their progress, their personal progress, and their professional progress. I would say the second thing would be be willing to be vulnerable. Oftentimes in the military, we view our senior leaders as, oh, they're, they have no issues. You know, they're strong. They, they don't feel stress. They don't feel anxiety. And that's not true. And I think being authentic and vulnerable can create real connection with people as you engage with them. Third thing I would say, I think it's important to acknowledge and validate the challenges that are that the people that we lead have. We are all humans. We all have stressors in our personal life and our professional life that affect everything around us. And as we talk with them and they share the challenges that they have, as we acknowledge and validate their feelings and what their experiences as being normal, it reduces the tension because a person feels like, okay, this is a normal feeling now. Now I can work through it and figure out how to become more resilient. That's a bit. And the last, last thing I would say, not only talking about it, but in any organization, you have to establish a programmatic approach. You know, the approach within the organization that I led at the end of my career of creating a coaching program that enabled real discussion is only one way. It doesn't always work in any organization, but, you know, creating a programmatic approach shows the people that we lead, one, that we care about them, and two, that we're invested in them. It shows that we, we want to do more than just talk about it. So I would leave you with those four things. Right. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, that mirrors the expectations really that employees have of employers today. And it's not until we really step out and, and, and do some of these things that we you talked about, the investment, I think, which what is so important for us to make so that people know that we do really care about them. We're invested in their well-being and in their success. 
Charlie, thank you so much for everything that you have shared with us uh, in this episode and these tips that help us to to take what you have learned and how you've you've been able to influence the military and how we can do the same in our organizations. I want to make sure that people want to be able to contact you or connect with you, that they have the opportunity to do that. What's the best way for people to reach you? Thanks, Vivian. Um, My website, it's davisscc.com. It's a great way to reach me. Uh, My email contact is on there, and I'd love to connect with anyone. Obviously, my LinkedIn profile as well, which uh, I think you'll put in the podcast notes as well. So either of those options are a great way to reach out. And I look forward to connecting with anyone. Thank you. Excellent. I encourage you to reach out to Charlie. We will have his information in the show notes. So check there. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm so inspired and I'm encouraged too by what Charlie has shared with us uh, here today. And I want to challenge you to reflect on what you've heard here. How well do you and your organization adapt to uncertainty and to challenges as they arise? And how are you safeguarding your well-being and that of those in your organization? Check the show notes also for a resilience resource that you can use within your organization in your role as a leader. Thank you so much for joining me today. I work with organizations to build better leaders and better workplaces. So let's work together to enhance yours and connect with me on LinkedIn. I am always sharing resources and generating conversations about the topics we talk about on this podcast. I'd love to hear from you. If you're ready to elevate your leadership or would like to bring an inspiring message to your conference or a corporate event, let's have a conversation. I'm here to help. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning how to develop better leaders and better workplaces. We'll be back next month with Vivian for another episode. But until then, you can access some of Vivian's resources by visiting her website, vivianblade.com. And remember... Don't let the shift hit your plans.